Psalm 119. Very good. Um, this is the fourth section of Psalm 119. Um, Psalm 119 is a great place to get a start with what we're doing, which sounds counterintuitive because it's the longest psalm, right? Uh, but the beauty of it is it's divided into 22 more or less self-contained sections, and the lines are almost all quite short. There's nothing as long, as I recall, as um, he shatters the spear and uh, um, whatever the line was in Psalm 46, burns the chariots in the fire, a really long line, or I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. That's often where we get lost, is those long lines begin to feel a little bit rickety. Um, but these are all short lines. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you, is that the first time in your relatively short or relatively longer existence that you have sung a portion of Psalm 119 from a legitimate translation. Okay. Um, all right, let's do it again. And if you want to look, I'll let you look to see what we're doing. How did you learn? We're learning a new musical language here. How did you learn your first language? Not by people talking about grammar and so forth, but just by listening to the people around you who loved you, who spoke to you, you listened for a really long time and then started to imitate what you were, what you were hearing. Uh, so we're compressing all of that, okay? I'm not gonna just have me sing for years um, to learn it, but we just do call and, call and response. Okay, so what I'm looking at in the, uh, in the packet is um, actually, it's the back of the second page Psalm 119, fourth section. Um, all right, listen again and repeat. My soul clings to the dust. Do that. Give me life according to your word. Give me Now, can anyone say already what's going on with these dots? Listen to the second pair of lines. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. No dots there. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. What are the dots doing? Telling us when to move. So 
When there's a dot, I change pitch. Sometime, so sometimes, like two in the first line, of, often it does fall on an accent. I mean, it could have done that. There's more than one way to do this, more than one way to skin a cat. That first line, I've got it pointed. Okay, that's pointed in, in this context means how I divvy up the syllables and the notes. I decide, okay, where am I going to move? Where am I going to... Um, so what I've got here is not the only option. My soul clings to the dust, to the... or unaccented even though we move on both of them. But I could have moved on clings. My soul clings to the dust. Um, so yeah, the answer is the dot is, in any case, wherever it is, telling us where to change pitch. Now sometimes, as in the first line, um, it's back-to-back -back syllables. My soul clings to the... And then we move again on the last accented syllable. We're always moving to the last accented syllable. There's no accent mark there because I don't think we need it. The, the less apparatus we have, the less marks, the better, I think. So typically, we're moving on that last accented syllable as well. So there it was, back-to-back -back syllables, but the very next line, give me life according to, I camp out there on that note, according to, now I'm going to move again, your word. See, in a sense, I, again, we're you know already already talking grammar, where I really just want us to rely on our ears. Okay, so repeat after me, but you can watch and now know what's going on there. But uh, don't don't get hung up about the dots. But that's they're telling us where to change. My soul clings to the dust. My soul and I would tell you too, especially as I get going, I will probably dance and do this stuff even more. And it's for my benefit um, as much as for yours. I mean, it may not, may not be any benefit for you, um, but I'm just trying to feel the rhythm of the psalm in my body and not treat myself as just a brain on a stick with a vocal mechanism, but to feel it from my toes up. So, you know, would I be doing this all the time, you know, in a service? No, but to, but to practice it, to feel like I've got the psalm right here, then, so laugh if you want, but uh, I would do plenty of dancing here. Okay, back to, to the, not stress. My soul clings to the dust. My soul clings to the Give me life according to your word. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. When I told of my Teach me your statutes. Repeat after me. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Good. So what we're trying to do is get the speech rhythm carried over to the sung rhythm, right? 
So teach me your statutes. It's a bit robotic. Uh, teach me your statutes is English, good natural English. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. 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 And I will meditate on your wondrous works. And I will meditate on What are the most important words in that line? Meditate, wondrous, works. And the most important syllables of those are med, one, works is one syllable. So can we do it with, uh, sing psalms with understanding, the psalms themselves say. Um, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. And I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. My soul melts away. Um, I don't know what happened here that I don't have the dot. But strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me. And graciously teach me your law. And graciously teach me your law. Good. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I set your rules before I set your rules before me. Can the, can the text get a bit more traction with this? I set your rules. I set your rules before me. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Glory to the Father and to the Son. Glory to the Father and to the Son. And to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning is now. As it was in the beginning. And shall be forever. Amen. And shall be forever. Amen. Um, Part of, to, to go back to just a little bit of this, um, this is very different from most of the music that we sing or listen to, and I don't just mean in church, whether, whether it's Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, or if there are any Swifties here, a Taylor Swift song, or whatever, everything in between, we are used to music that moves along at um, a steady, regular beat. Okay, oh God, our help in ages past. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that hymn as a foil here. 
not because I convinced some people in the summer that I really had it out for this hymn. I don't, I don't have it out for the hymn. It's just my foil here, okay? But uh, to talk about the difference in the music, if we were to speak, O oh God, our help in ages past, the way we sing it, it would go like this. O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Every syllable weighs the same from first to last. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? I'm not saying there's something wrong with it. I'm saying simply that this music is, is not that. And when we are used to singing, Oh God, our help, or Taylor Swift, or the Beatles, or whatever it might be, um, you tr we try to bring those habits over into this music and start turning it into, my soul clings to the dust, right? Mm, you could set music, you set it to music that way, but this is all speech rhythm. So the thing about, the lovely thing about A Mighty Fortress or Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past or any of the things that we'll sing this morning is we can basically sing them, I mean, take the lovely thing as a kind of ironic thing. Uh, we can sing them on autopilot and they're still gonna come off as halfway decent. Somebody walks in, here's a singing, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. We can stand here and sing, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. And it's still going to sound halfway decent because it's a nice melody, probably going to have an accompaniment. And the music lets you get away with it. Uh, this music is absolutely unforgiving of autopilot singing. I have, you know, it, it demands attention to the text because this is what will keep everything from sounding, isn't this the same thing over and over and over? Well, in one sense, yeah. Pum, pee-da-dum, pum, pee-da-dum. They're pretty simple. But it's the same thing over and over? Well, that really depends on us because my soul clings to the dust doesn't have the same speech rhythm as I have chosen the way of faithfulness where I move on an accented syllable before I didn't move on it. So it's like, well, do we have to, my goodness, sing 150 psalms and be this kind of attentive to every single syllable? Well, only for a season, really, you know, I think until it just becomes habit. Now, I want to I play for you something. This is not chant. This is just a reading of scripture. And if you know who is reading this, don't blurt out anything. Um, just hold your peace. And um, this is probably turned off again. Yeah, I don't know how you make this not talk to me, but okay. So this is Colossians 1. And I want you to see whether this reader shows attention to text or is robotic. Reading from the epistle to the Colossians. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and the desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, 
and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. Any observations about that reading of Colossians 1? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good bit of inflection. Uh, I would say it's anything but robotic. He didn't go... For he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things were, you know. He read it <coughs> in, a, in a preaching class in seminary. Someone said after, uh, is in a uh, preaching class, someone said about the reading of scripture that someone had done before the sermon, you alone have read the scripture as if you wanted us to hear it and not merely as a prelude the sermon, but you read it as if you wanted us to hear it. Okay, Dave. Yeah, yeah, strategic use of pauses. Paul's writing, a lot of scriptural writing is dense. Paul piles up these prepositional phrases that come in, and you, you plow through them, and, and you know, you can't make any sense of it. I mean, this is something richer and denser than the New York Times. So the phrases, the sound of words needs to be savored. Okay? Anything else about that reading? Um, anyone know who the reader is and the occasion? That is the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom reading recently at the coronation of Charles at Westminster Abbey. The man is a Hindu. And he reads Colossians 1 as if he believes it. He took it. This is a, I said to Sarah because we, we watched it live. And I knew that he wasn't Christian. I couldn't remember. Is he Hindu? Is he Muslim? Or, you know, looked him up really, really quick. I said, that's a man who knows how to read scripture. Now, it's demanded in part by the space he's in in Westminster Abbey. Right? You, you've got to take a, a, a little bit slower pace because of the, 
resonance in there. But still, you know, when I listen to this sort of thing, I ask myself, am I being beguiled by the accent? You know, I mean, like, I love Downton Abbey. I, l I would love to hear Lord Grantham read Colossians 1. Maybe Lady Mary. Um, but I don't think it's just the accent. It's, uh, I talked to a, a Brit, a friend from, from the UK, and I said, you know, it sounds to me like this is someone, it's not just the accent that's tricking me, it's that he has some training in rhetoric. He has learned how to speak well, to read well. He says, oh yeah, absolutely, it's part of his, part of his education, no doubt. Um, the Prime Minister, by the way, completely un unrelated to language, well, it is related to language, got in trouble, I think, a week and a half ago for saying publicly that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And he was asked later if he would like to clarify or retract or apologize. No, he said it was perfectly obvious that a man is a man, a woman is a woman. So, I mean, he is a member of the Conservative Party. But, um, so part of what we're doing here as far as I'm concerned, is not just learning the music of some psalm tones, um, but I hope that we will grow more attentive to text. I'm not saying that we would chant Colossians 1 with exactly the sort of pauses that he has, but that we care enough. And let me, let me just say, uh, so that no one thinks I'm pitting the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom against, say, Josh. Uh, Josh is a very good reader. Um, I just wanted you to hear a different voice. And plus, I like the rhetorical force of being able to say, he's Hindu, let's care about the text of scripture as much as a Hindu does. Um, I was at, I told the choir this, but I don't think I said it in here, that some years ago when I was at a service, the, the epistle reading was Romans 8, and it was read for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor any up, you know, so prosaic. And, you know, what I'm listening for is not something dramatic, but um, just an opportunity to let those things sink in. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things, you know, it takes time for those things because it's, it's not just a news article or, or something. So I want us to bring that kind of attention over to the text. No, no autopilot, because that is actually what gives chant a bad name, is when it's done, <laughs> done badly, you know, aut autopilot singing. So the main thing here is not, you know, let's have more volume. Well, it'd be nice, but at attention to the contours of the text. And th if that makes us paranoid, paranoid for a while, okay, we, we get past that. Um, but don't imagine that what I'm saying is, boy, we could never sing all of this until we have paid microscopic, uh, microscopic attention to um, every syllable. It's just that we need to get our minds awake to it. And m someone at a, another event where I was teaching on this said, ah, you know, I just don't know what to do because, I mean, how do you know what to emphasize? And I said, you're a native English speaker. <laughs> you know what to emphasize. Um, you're complicating it. But my soul clings to the dust. Soul clings dust. 
as really all, all you need to know and that you're not going to go robotically through the other you know, smaller ones. Okay? So what I want to do is go through this again, this, just this piece of the psalm again, and let's see how attentive we can be. I am trying to, um, I'm not saying I am the model of this, but I am trying to pay attention to um, text and, and what's emphasized, what's not. So get in here, Mike Denzel. All right, let's show Mike what we've learned. My soul clings to the dust. My soul clings to the dust. Clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Give me life Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. When I told of my ways, you Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. Make me understand the way of your precepts. And I will meditate on your wondrous works. And I will meditate on your my soul melts away for sorrow. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me Put false ways far from me. Put false ways far from me. And graciously teach me your law. And graciously teach me your law. Say something for you know those who know something about music. You notice how that line particularly falls very naturally into sets of triplets. And graciously teaching your law. So one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, and graciously teach me your law. And graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. Let me not be put I will run in the way of your commandments. I will run in the way of I will run in the way of your commandments. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. When you enlarge my heart. Let's see here. See if I can do this here. Okay, listen for a moment. Praise God in his sanctuary. 
Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what translation we use, the music will accommodate itself to it, right? Okay, so this is on the back of the first page. Um, so what we did with Psalm 46, you may remember, was just two notes per line, right? Um, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Now, with these others that we just did, we had four notes. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Um, now we're backing up a little bit with three notes per line. Uh, David Madeira, who wrote this music and 11 other psalm tones, um, directs the music at an Episcopal church somewhere in Tennessee. And um, he spoke a few, the, the Gettys have a big conference called Sing in Nashville every year. And a few years ago, it was uh, devoted to the psalms. Um, I didn't, go, I, I love the Gettys, uh, I didn't go because I thought, I bet you no one's actually going to sing psalms. It's all going to be rewritten psalms. And I know how that goes. I don't need to go for that. Well, actually, there was a breakout session led by this fellow. Um, and a couple of friends of mine were there. And he got people singing psalms probably for the, for the first, first time in their, in their lives. A lot of evangelicals there. Um, so this is the sort of music he does where there are three notes per line and because of the way it's set up you kind of have to start with a dot over the first word. I mean I said the dot's where we change well the first note of the line but in his scheme you kind of have to put that first dot there. Um, but it's three so he's always moving on stressed syllables. Works best I think in short with, with psalms with short lines like this one. Praise God in his sanctuary. So there it is. Praise God in the sanctuary. The first time I pointed this, the first time I started putting dots on this, I did this. Praise God in his sanctuary. What's wrong with that? I put the dot over the I. 
Well, there needs to be a dot over the I. But I'm going to put an extra dot over the I because that's where I'm going to move. Praise God in his sanctuary. What's wrong with doing it that way? Yeah, I mean, it makes it seem like in is a stressed syllable. And now I'm sliding the word God. Praise God in his sanctuary. What am I thinking? God has to be put over there to give equal, because you've got two stressed syllables back to back. Praise God. If we get up and read it, we don't just say, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. So okay, move the dot over. I'm ignoring the beginning, praise the Lord for the moment here. Okay, so this is, as you know, Psalm 150, which is the last psalm in the book, which is the final big exclamation point at the end. A psalm that calls on all breath to praise God. So it has to be done with some degree of um, oomph, enthusiasm. Am I still? <coughs> All right, so let's go through this again. You can look at it. Okay, listen. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him in his mighty Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him and this is almost like a regular rhythm. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with lute and harp. Mm -hmm. I hear a bit of praise him with lute and harp as if and and two and the what's important is praise, lute, harp. So the others have to be slighted. Okay, understand if I haven't said this already. When I talk about unimportant words in psalm lines, I'm not saying anything about the doctrine of inspiration or inerrancy. I'm just talking about in terms of relative stress, okay? So... Um, with and 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 not particularly important. So if I get up here to read it, praise him with lute and harp. Lute weighs more than and. Lute and harp. Lute and harp. And not lute and harp. Lute and harp. Say that. Lute and harp. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Like it's a very unpresbyterian psalm. Um, and I know, frozen, chosen, and all of that. But the sound must echo the sense. Praise him with timbrel and dance, right? No one's died. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with strings and pipe. I do that whole section again. Okay, you've got to sound like a trumpet, just as you have to sound like timbrel and dance. I don't know how to sound. Well, sound like a trumpet, that should be pretty easy. But then the next line, you have to sound like a lute and harp. 
I don't know how to do it, but come up with something. Here we go. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. We have more of a sense that we're headed to trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Here we go. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with strings and pipe. Oh, got to sound like cymbals. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Praise him with let all, just do that, let all. For the first time, there's a dot over the second syllable because that's the first stress syllable. Everywhere else is praise, which is stress syllable. So I'm just hanging on to the note that I just sang at the end of the previous line, okay? Praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Okay, let's come into it again and sound even more cymbal-like. Praise him with loud cymbals, you. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit and to the as it was in the beginning is now as it was in the beginning is now and shall be forever amen and shall be forever amen okay um what I want to do here now is pedagogically unsound, uh, at least from one, because now I want to throw in a different piece. Um, would you help pass these out over here, and would you pass these out over here? Um, okay, or you, or you, okay, you. Okay, I'm doing this, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, because of the events in the Middle East, okay? So one of my tests for worship, you know, what, what makes worship biblical, what makes Christian worship, you know, good, good worship? What does it need? One of my questions is, what's in it for suffering Muslim women in the Quran belt who are being used and abused? What's in it for children in Southeast Asia uh, being sold into sex slavery? Well, that's not, you know, like the uppermost question to be <laughs> asking about Christian worship, but I think I think it's a good one. What's in it for everybody else? What's in it as we stand before God 
Nobody else is going to do this this morning. What's in it as the church stands before God on the Lord's Day, interceding for the life of the world? What's in it for everybody else, right? So what can we do? Not many of us are called to go over to Israel right now to try to do something about, you know, an intractably horrific situation. But we have been given weapons of spiritual warfare. Now, what I'm about to say has no, uh, I'm not saying anything political here in the sense of, um, I mean, I think it's important, as I think Josh said in his letter, we distinguish between Palestinians generally and Hamas, which doesn't represent everyone. There's a Christian pastor from, a Palestinian Christian pastor, when I worked at the Dallas Morning News, who was on tour in the US, came to talk to the religion section and the editorial board of the Morning News. And the thing that he said that stuck with me was this. American Christians do not care about their brothers and sisters in that part of the world. They only care about Israel. I try to talk about the plight of Palestinian Christians there are Christians who've been killed in this latest conflict, but they don't care about their brothers and sisters. They only care about Israel. Well, that's not me. So, I'm, you know, I'm not, um, you know, trying to say anything political about the situation, but I just want to say, what are we going to sing for people who are suffering in this? Well, Psalm 94 would be good, but here's Psalm 88. Um, which is going to be easier for us, I think. O Lord God of my salvation, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. Incline your ear to my cry. So um, I'm sorry that the dots, which are, you know, some sort of um, Norwegian diacritical, I forget what you call those, is not as visible as the others, but they're still telling us the same. And that's where we're going to move. But this psalm tone is one that I'd be happy to say that I had written it. Da -de -da -dum. Then we repeat that, but just a note higher. Da -de -da -dum. Then we go up and straight down the scale. Da -de -da -dum. We do the same thing, but a note lower. Da -de -da -dum. Okay. So what I want to do is I'm going to accompany us, and you're on your own, sink or swim. I'm not going to go through it line by line. Not time for that right now. But I want you to consider how this could become intercessory prayer, not just for people suffering in the Middle East, but for people you know who struggle with depression. This is the darkest psalm of all. There's no relief. Darkness is my only companion, it ends. There's never that turning point that says, but you, O Lord, redeemed me, or whatever. So in addition to worrying about dots and notes and all that, let's see if we can go ahead and make application and think of this as what it is, prayer. Prayer. <laughs> 
God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. Have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in destruction, are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness. But I, O oh Lord, cry to you, in the morning my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I <coughs> Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun. Darkness is my only Thank you all. Um, if you can, 
either, I mean, if you want to take those home, you can take them home, but it would be good to bring them back. Or if you think you won't bring them back, you might just, you know, drop them off there and we'll, so we don't have to print it all out every time. <coughs> you sure? Thank you. Either. Oh, but email or text is probably better than. Thank you.